the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. <laughs> Are we going to pay him? <laughs> he's, he's, he's earned it. He's earned it. All right. We'll let him have the day off. So we got a big a big show today. And by the way, this is uh, this is uh, Independence Weekend, isn't it? So we, I usually talk about the Declaration of Independence, but I'm kind of tired of that. Not tired of the Declaration, but tired of talking about it. Just remind everybody that it was the letter we sent to Papa George III saying we've had enough, we're leaving home, and here's why, and it's our right, and you can't charge us rent without giving us some say in the household affairs. And King George said, well, no, you can't. You're a teenager. I'm going to whack your butt. And that's how we got into it with with mom and dad. And, uh, of course, it all went down terribly for a lot of people during that period in the 1776 to 83 era and uh, took a while for us to get back together. We had another little tussle in 1812, but now we're best of friends and we care about mom and we look out for her as best we can. So that's all I have to say about the Declaration of Independence today. But now I do want to talk about some of the big changes that have come along uh, that are affected or do and have affected our constitutional rights. First of all, in our state, as you know, Governor DeSantis signed into bill uh, earlier in the spring uh, a new law which says that you do not have to have a concealed permit to carry a weapon, a concealed weapon in Florida. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have a concealed permit, but it just means that it's not a legal requirement. So if you get caught uh, in a traffic uh violation and the officer asks you if you have a weapon and you say, yes, sir, I do, uh, he does not have to see a, a carry permit as long as you're not doing anything wrong with it. But let me let me make this these caveats for it now. Joe, you really should get a permit because other states still require it. You understand that. And also, uh, you have to prove quickly to an officer of the law when you're stopped that you're not a felon. And if you don't have a permit, he's going to he's going to run you. He's going to run your your ID and, and your license plate and all that. He's going to do that anyway. But if you are a felon and you have a gun, you're in deep doo doo. That's back to prison for you. And also the training that comes with the permit, the gun safety training is of value. And I've taken that thing. I've taken it twice. Um, I don't know if I'm any safer, but uh, anyway <laughs> at least I took it <laughs> and it it strengthens your self-defense claim so if you don't have a permit and you get into a gunfight with somebody you're going to have a harder time proving that your intention was self-defense uh, the idea of a gun permit is not only to train you how to be safe in the use of a gun and also responsible in the use of a gun. So the responsibility part of it is that you don't use it offensively. It's only a defensive weapon in our society. So uh, I think those are all good arguments, and I would I would urge you to continue to get that permit. And uh, you'll get that over at the Department of Agriculture in Tampa if you're in the Tampa Bay area. 
Um, you go over there and there's one little office that does it all. They fingerprint you and uh, you bring your, uh, your, your certificate of training from your gun safety course. And that uh, will give you the, the privilege of, of getting uh, a, a permit. And it's a good thing to carry. And, and so don't forget that. Even though you don't have to have it, I suggest that you strongly suggest that you get it. Now, another big event that occurred nationally was the Supreme Court came down with some decisions this week, uh, which has got the left all in a tizzy. Uh, I, uh, I agree with all of the, what they said and did. And the first was that they ended affirmative action in college admissions. Now, that doesn't mean they ended affirmative action in hiring. Uh, those are two different things. Uh, college admissions are competitive and uh, hiring is Although it is competitive, we have to uh, be willing to hire people of all uh, religions and diversities and uh, skin colors. But you know, Joe, the 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 border line between white and black and Oriental or whatever you want to call Asians, it's all starting to blur because there's so much intermarriage, which, in my opinion, is a good thing, and that's going to change us radically as a nation. But that takes time. But the justices said that uh, the University of North Carolina and uh, Harvard could not use uh, race as a criteria for admissions. So that struck down their longstanding policies of trying to uh, select a more diverse uh, group of students coming in. And diversity is fine with me. I don't have a problem with diversity. I mean, my office looks like the rainbow room. You know, we've got all colors and shapes and sizes and religions. We've had Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and Catholics and Protestants all working there. We've had black and, of course, my wife is Korean and uh, we've had Hispanic. And so none of that bothers me. I don't have a problem with that. What I want to know is, are you going to come to work and are you going to do the work? But that's not the same as competing for a slot at a university. So if I have the same grades as... Uh, another kid, and I'm black and he's white, why should I be treated preferentially? Um, now, you may say, well, can you do it by a lottery? Well, yeah, you could do that, and that would be more fair. Just, just pull the names out of the hat if everybody's equal. And the justices also suggested that uh, the universities use some sort of uh, essay system, uh, but the problem with an essay is that it could be written by anybody. It doesn't have to be written by the person who's making the application to college. And as you know, there is cheating that goes on, Joe. Now, you may not have known that, but there is. There's a lot of cheating that goes on in the academic world. Are you not sure? Are you sure about that? I mean, you're making a lot of claims here. I just want to make sure that you're at, you know what you're saying about this. Let, let me tell you, the second semester of organic chemistry at the University of Louisville, I was at the top of the class. I don't know if I set the curve, but I was certainly up there, you know, a number one or two in the class. And there were a couple of Jamokes who approached me at the little uh, at the little bar everybody hung out at and said, hey, Bill, you want to go in with us? I said, on what? And they said, we stole the key to Professor Taylor's office. And so we're going to lay out. And then after the exam's over, we're going to go steal an exam and get all the answers. And then we're going to take it and say we were sick. I said, what do I need to do that for? I'm at the top of the curve. <laughs> I don't need you guys. So uh, a couple of weeks after the exam, I get called in by Professor Taylor. And Mr. Handelman, would you look at this? And he pushed out my 
exam and their two exams, and they were identical. And he said, do you know anything about this? And I said, yes, professor, I do. He said, can you explain it to me? And I said, well, um, these guys stole the key to your office, and uh, their plan was to come in and steal the answers or steal an exam that uh, they knew was uh, at the top of the, the curve, and so they didn't have to study. And uh, so he believed me, and <laughs> I was kind of flattered that they stole my exam, Joe, but uh, they actually did it. They didn't get into medical school, I'll tell you that. So there is cheating, and I know it personally. Not that I cheated, because I don't have to cheat. I mean, I might have lied occasionally to a woman here and there, but um, I don't know. If, is that immoral, Joe? <laughs> I mean, it, every, everything is situationally dependent, you know, kind of like if, if you were if you if, if you were telling a lie. So that way you prevented her from, you know, getting hit by a bus or something like it, it depends on, you know, on, on the circumstance. Right. Um, hurt her feelings. Okay, well, like I say, every, everything is situationally dependent, and given the universe of options that exist in that with, with a paradigm such as that, difficult to make a call uh, on the spot. Yep, yep. And so we've got some other uh, Supreme Court rulings recently. The Supreme Court uphold, upheld the state court's power to prevent gerrymandering because, as you know, the, uh, the voting uh, is state by state, so the states have the right to uh, implement uh, certain rules and regulations. Gerrymandering uh, is a way of dividing up the state voting districts so that they're uh, uh, skewed towards one party or another. And both parties have done this over the over the decades and the centuries. So this is nothing new. But the Supreme Court said it's the state's rights to regulate that. It's not the federal government. Then we had that big case out in Colorado where the uh, uh, I think it was a a web designer. She refused to. I think she did like uh, marriage designs for the for the web and for invitations, and she refused to do one for a gay couple who wanted to get married. She said it's against my religion, and so the state went after her and she sued, and it went up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said, you can't tell people they have to uh, say or do something that is not in their belief system. Now, that doesn't mean that you can refuse to serve someone at your restaurant because you don't agree with them. But it does mean that if they ask you to make a statement on their behalf, you don't have to. And, and that's a great thing that the Supreme Court upheld. So we've had a number of decisions in the recent few weeks that uh, are going to change the landscape of the country considerably. And I, I, I can't emphasize enough how long overdue and how glad I am to see this. I mean, this this uh, craziness of, of letting people into medical school uh, who are not prepared and will not make it through medical school without some help and some cheating, uh, it's just ridiculous. You know, we, we need to have qualified people. We need to have a system that's based on merit and not on the color of your skin or my skin or anybody's skin. And uh, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't give equal opportunity to everybody. It just means that we shouldn't favor one group over another because of their their race or their religion or whatever. And that's my homily on on uh, the uh, Constitution for the day. But this is the Declaration of Independence. Constitution's another day. Meanwhile, chicken prices are coming down, Joe. And the reason is that the uh, supply chain 
costs are decreasing a little bit. You know, gas has gone down and diesel's gone down and costs a little bit. And the cost of feed has gone down. But the big thing over the past couple of years has been this avian flu epidemic that has swept the uh, chicken population in the United States. And the uh, Department of Agriculture monitors the wild birds that are carrying this avian flu virus. And they, they do it state by state. It's pretty interesting. You probably didn't know that, that they actually sample uh, birds from all over the country, wild birds, ducks and geese and all that, and see uh, what percentage and what number, absolute number, are actually carrying the uh, avian flu, which is then spread to the chickens uh, through the droppings and uh, uh, through contact, uh, nasal secretions, et cetera, just like we spread flu, chicken sneezes. And did you know a chicken can sneeze? They can. And <laughs> they they spread that um, to other birds. So the state that has the highest number of uh, recorded or documented uh, wild birds that have or are carriers of the avian flu is, guess what? I'll give you one guess, Joe. Um, I'm, I'm, good. I'm going to pass. I'm going to let you just tell me. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I figured as much. That's why I just figured I'd let you tell me. And you know why? It, it makes sense because we're the southernmost and we're on the flight path for a lot of migratory birds that uh, go back and forth between uh, South America and North America. Now, we also have Texas, which is a big flight path at 316. We're 418. And, and of course, California, just because of the size of the state, is 400. But we're, we're the highest. Uh, the only other state that's higher than us is uh, Minnesota. And I guess that's because they have so many lakes up there and so many birds that uh, migrate up there. But uh, for most of the United States, we're it, Betty. We are it. I found that fascinating. Now, the avian flu is not a big threat to us uh, right now. We are not uh, really in a, in a pandemic or epidemic of, of avian flu, although there are certain strains that will sweep through during the flu season. As you know, there's swine flu and avian flu and different different flus that come through. But uh, this one is not really the, the one that swept through the chicken population is not really a big threat to us. So we're good there. So uh, did you hear about, you know, you remember the uh, deputy that was at Parkland at the school shooting over in uh, Broward County, Fort Lauderdale? Mm -hmm. uh, he went on trial last week, and he was acquitted of all charges. Uh, I think they were going after him for dereliction of Judy and, and involuntary manslaughter. And, and uh, so the jury down in Miami found him not guilty. And uh, I never, I didn't know enough to say whether or not he deserved to be taken to trial or had done anything wrong. But the sheriff over there, Israel, I was glad to see that the first thing DeSantis did when he got into the governor's chair was to fire the SOB. I mean, he really was not a good man, and he's gone. Uh, but uh, this guy, he was the guy that didn't go into the school over there, and I forget how many kids were shot. What was it, 25 or something like that? I don't remember the number. But uh, there were a lot of kids that were killed over there, and uh, he had stayed outside. I think he had been given orders not to go in until the SWAT team got there. So he didn't, and, uh, you know, he followed his orders, and he was acquitted, and that's what happened. So what's going on around town here in our area? For those of you who live in the Tampa Bay area, 
I guess they're going to build a new ballpark over here in St. Pete. Did you hear anything about that, the Rays? I mean, you've been we've been hearing stuff about that for a long time, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm always skeptical until I see something uh, get get more finalized. Yeah, I know that uh, St. Pete would like to hang on to them uh, because it does create a lot of business around here. And uh, although there are alternate plans to turn all that into uh, uh, you know an, a residential and office area if the uh, Tropicana Field is torn down, but uh, there's now flap going around that the ballpark could create 17,000 new jobs in Pinellas County. I guess this is a prelude to trying to get the people of the Pinellas County to cough up for that. You know, the original Tropicana Field was built by the people of Pinellas County. It wasn't built uh, by private industry or the government. It was built by an increase in the sales tax of one cent way back when. What's that been, 30 years ago? can't remember how long the ballpark's been there but it was modeled after the metrodome in minneapolis that was like what it the tropicana field was sort of they they had the vision of okay this is going to be the future because the rays came along i want to say in the early 90s so they had they had the the stadium was there several years before they actually you know got the deal like the stadium was one of the reasons why they were able to actually get the deal um, but yeah, it obviously is, <laughs> obviously is outdated in terms of, uh, uh, style and, and models from, like, I think the Metrodome or, or that model was built in like 84 or something. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I like the Tropicana field, but, uh, they want more private, uh, uh, suites so they can sell it to corporate, uh, moguls. And, uh, the question is, is there enough business over on the St. Pete side of the Bay uh, the, the the Rays have been threatening to move over to Tampa or move out to uh, one of the uh, booming cities like Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas got a professional ball team, but I can't remember if they got one or not. I know they got they got basketball and football now. I know the uh, the uh, the Raiders went there, I do believe, and uh, I forget what their ball team is named, their basketball team. But so I don't know. Uh, you know, they've built up a following here, and they've got a good team for the budget they run on. They really do a good job. I mean, they're in the playoffs with the last four or five years running, and that's pretty good for a team that's as cheap as they are. But uh, it's a stepping stone for a lot of, of great players, just like the Bucks used to be. Remember in the old days when we'd have uh, Vinny Testaverde and uh, different First string quarterbacks, young, and everybody else, and they'd come here for a year or two and move on. Oh, I know, I remember that very well. And then they'd end up being, you know, big stars in the NFL. While they were here, we just didn't have the infrastructure. We didn't have the uh, the uh, the off the offensive line and uh, the receivers to actually uh, allow these guys to show their best skills. But uh, it was uh, it was kind of like a McDonald's starting point for a lot of great quarterbacks and other players. And, uh, you know, the Rays have been a real, a real, uh, a real incubator of, of, of great players. I mean, just a number of, of great players have started here and have done really well, pitchers, hitters, batters, fielders. So uh, I, I think it's uh, a value to keep them on this side of the Bay. Uh, but uh, I'm not a businessman, so I don't know all of the you know, the demographics of it, but I, I would think it's not going to make a whole lot of difference whether you're on the 
on the east or the west side of the bay because if people want to see baseball, they're going to get in the car and drive. I mean, just like if they want to see the Bucks, you know, they drive from over here and to get over, which is right around the corner from you, the, the uh, Raymond James Stadium is, you know, as you know, it's a 30-minute drive from, from my house in Gulfport. And on top of that, uh, you have to fight all the traffic and park and, and so on and so forth. But people do it. I mean, you know, they fill that stadium pretty 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 much and baseball although it's lost some popularity seems to be coming back it seems to be yeah that 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 drive to the trop is is really i think the biggest issue because there's really only the one way to get there from tampa you know you you don't yeah you only have that that gauntlet down 275 and if they happen to be playing um the red sox or the yankees where there's obviously a large concentration of fan support that you know lives in this area so they go and support those teams and these games are happening at you know 705 usually is the first pitch on a weeknight well that's when you've got all of your rush hour traffic also with all of that that traffic that's coming out of tampa going back uh down south and that to me has always been the biggest the biggest problem is just literally getting to the stadium because it's a it's a it's a gauntlet trying to get down that you know that 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 way whenever you have one of those more popular teams so i think you know location wise if they could make it make that more palatable for people coming because it's not the issue isn't so much people coming from the south coming up into st pete it's that it's the problem is people coming from tampa where all of that and obviously they're doing some renovations right now to the 275 to open that up and make it a little bit more passable but if they could change the location of the stadium and make that easily more easily accessible i think that's a big big uh stepping a a big problem right now in terms of getting consistent attendance at that at the ballpark well we've got a big piece of land uh just about a half a mile a mile off of the uh off of the bridge that goes over Tampa Bay from the 275 runs on. Um, but um, that would mean that they would le- leave St. Pete. They'd be outside the city limits. Now, what the city could do is they could, uh, I guess they could annex that piece of land so they get some of the action. Uh, but the, then the people downtown would be upset because that brings a lot of business to the downtown St. Pete area which I think is carrying itself anyway. Uh, for those of you who don't live in St. Petersburg, our, our downtown area has just become stellar, and uh, people from all over the world are coming here now to uh, grab a room and eat out and see a show and uh, do the Dolly Museum. We've got a couple other museums downtown. that I hate to sound like an advertisement, but it's really – I don't like going downtown because I don't like parking but if you're a tourist and you don't have to rent a car, I mean, it's it's a great way to go. And, and you can get electric scooters and bicycles and, uh, you know, of course, there's Uber and cabs and all that. And it's a pretty small area, so you can walk around and get to most everything. They're great restaurants, so we've got a ton of restaurants downtown St. Pete. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's going to be uh, interesting. And they've been fighting over this for or debating it for years now. I think the lease is up in 25, so... They've got another, what, year and a half to hash this out. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Well, so we had a big going on over here in our neighborhood, uh, Joe. The uh, golf course is expanding its uh, driving range and redoing a couple of its fairways. And there was a big wooded area inside the Pasadena Yacht and Country Club that was owned by the golf course. And uh, so they decided they were going to turn that into the driving range. Uh, to make more room for the fairway. 
and uh, there it was a wooded area. There were a lot of trees, and they tore all that down. And we had a we had a whole pack of coyotes that were living in there. I haven't seen the coyotes lately, but uh, there's a debate going on about the coyotes. Uh, should we capture them or should we leave them alone? Now I'm for leaving them alone because they eat the rats and the mice. You know, they get the vermin, and uh, that to me is more important the vermin control than coyote snatching uh, Mrs. McMurphy's uh, kitty cat. But there's a lot of women that get upset because their kitty cats go missing. And, you know, these things can get aggressive. And in fact, up in New Jersey, uh, there's one coyote that's gone rogue and he attacked a kid and an adult uh, near a dog park and they had to close the dog park down. Can you believe that, Joe? That damn coyote took over. He's that, lean, he lean and mean. It's kind of hard to believe. I, I actually learned something about this because uh, there's I, I saw a coyote coming out of the uh, wooded area that's right across the street from the station here, which is like we're not exactly in a in a you know rural area you know at all. But what well, I found out is that if they're in sort of more urban centric areas, and they do, like the, you'll you'll see them in Tampa, you'll see them you know periodically. They they don't tend to be as as big and aggressive because they're not in their packs when they're in the city typically because they don't have as much area to fan out and sort of build those populations in. So if they're getting aggressive in city areas in New Jersey, then that's that's an odd situation. Well, part of the problem is, and the experts will tell you this, is that uh, you need to make sure they realize that we're not their friends and uh, people will see them crossing the street and just, you know, not say or do anything. But if you yell and scream and wave your hands and uh, try to put a little fear into them, then that'll that'll put them at bay. And uh, it's a little bit of a protection against an attack against you or your your pets. Mm -hmm. And and we've had these things. I mean, they walk right through our neighborhood. Um, I was driving down 64th Street, you know, the uh, the Pinellas Trail, which is an old railroad track that the county has turned into a trail that runs the length of Pinellas County. It's really gorgeous. You can ride your bike or jog or, uh, you know, non-motorized uh, vehicles can be on there, tricycles and so on and so forth. And so I just crossed over going home from Central Avenue over over the trail on 64th Street South, middle of the afternoon. Coyote just marches right across. He just went across right across 64th Street South in a, in a residential neighborhood and uh, right next to a little bodega. And I was like, dude, you're getting bold here. But I mean, I think that we have to consider uh, both sides of the equation here. But, but I think the way to do this is to make sure that they understand that we are not their friends. And you know, there are people in my neighborhood that will feed the wild ducks, and then all of a sudden you've got a flock of ducks that are pooping all over the place, and then you've got people in the neighborhood that are upset because there's duck poop at the uh, at the pool, and of course the ducks like the pool. You know, it's clean, it's it's uh, drinkable, it's potable, and uh, it's the right temperature in the winter. It's it's heated, and they like that. So, but if you feed the ducks and you you kind of semi-domesticate them, they'll come around and they'll take over. They will do it. And we had to uh, actually hire a company to come and trap all of our ducks and relocate them. I don't know where to. I don't, might have been to the Chinese Garden uh, restaurant in downtown St. Pete, but I don't know for sure where they went. They are gone, that's for sure. But the women got upset, you know. There's a little group of women that feed these things and feel sorry for them. I'm like, 
I feel sorry for them. They, they'll, they'll be stronger and do better if they're left to their own devices. I mean, I think that you got to let you got to let nature be nature. Well, it's kind of like any time that I'm talking to somebody that has is visiting from the north or talking to them and they're in the north and they're not familiar with Florida. Um, oftentimes they're they're uh, fascinated with alligators. And I make the point that alligators are easy. A- alligators are not going to bother you. The, the only problem with alligators is if you start feeding them. <laughs> if people start feeding them, that's when you start having problems with alligators. I mean, obviously, if you're in their den or whatever, then it, I mean, you, you can you can create problems where you don't have any. But generally speaking, if you're not <clears throat> if you don't feed them, they are more scared of you than you are of them. So to your point. Oh, yeah. So yep. to your point, you don't try to make friends with them because you're not friends. <laughs> you know they they can they, they can kill you. So you got to be you got to be careful about that. Well, you know it's like I've said before. You know people say, well, bias and prejudice are bad things. You know what? If you don't have a little prejudice and you let just anybody walk into your camp and into your tribe, you may end up with a bullet in your head. So. You, you better be suspicious, and, and uh, especially if it's not your own species. You know, <laughs> that just, you got to be careful. Uh, uh, you know, ducks are cute, but they're not our species, and they can be a problem. And, of course, so can coyotes and, and alligators. And we did have one woman uh, killed uh, years ago by uh, Ed White Hospital. There's a big uh, pond back there, a big little lake back there behind the hospital. And she went there at dawn, and she was dangling her feet off of the dock, and a gator grabbed her and spun her around and drowned her and killed her. I don't think he ate her because I think after he killed her and took a taste, he's like, not on my menu, baby. And so he spit her out. But you just have to use some common sense. But they are afraid of you. I know I've I've gone scuba diving in some of the uh, golf course ponds in the southeast, and uh, there's gators in there. And, boy, once you go under, they're gone. They're gone. Once you dip down with your scuba gear on, they take off. They they don't want anything to do with us. I don't know where they go. I guess down to the bottom. But at any rate, Joe, it looks like it's time for a break. So have you got a question or you want me to give one? Well, I do have a question because it's, it's the 4th of July weekend. It's the Independence Day weekend. So I was thinking about this, you know, coming in today. This, is, this one is a little advanced, but 4th of July was the... July 4th, 1776, that was the year that, as you mentioned earlier, that we declared our independence from Great Britain. Well, then the eventuation of our republic ensued. We had the Revolutionary War, the Constitution came along, and we had some, you know, we had a little skirmish in 1812, other things uh, along our way, but we were a burgeoning young republic 50 years after the Declaration of Independence was signed. And the question that I have is, there were two very prominent signers and men that were very, very heavily involved in the Declaration and the beginning um, portions of America's founding. And both of these men, they knew each other, but they both died exactly 50 years later on July 4th, 1826, exactly 50 years after the signing of the Declaration, who were either of those two men? But if you get both of them, well, then I guess that's extra points. So you get one or the other or both, and we'll give you two Dr. Bill mugs, and they're really nice mugs, and I will personally mail them to you. And uh, we love you guys for listening, so give us a call. The question again is, 
what two former presidents and signers of the Constitution died at the same day, on the same day, the same year, 50 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. I'm Dr. Bill. I got Joe with me. We'll be right back. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. This is the News. I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Police in Baltimore say two people are dead, 28 are in the hospital of gunshot wounds after a mass shooting that took place at a block party just after midnight this morning in the Brooklyn Homes area. All of the victims are adults, nine transported by ambulance, 20 took themselves to the hospitals. Nobody has been arrested yet. Baltimore mayor is asking for help from the public. Apple is now the first publicly traded company to close a trading day with a $3 trillion market value, marking another milestone for a tech juggernaut that's reshaped society with a lineup of products that churn out eye-popping profits. And new and expanded police powers for the U.K. taking effect today. The measures include targeting activists to stop traffic and building works with various kinds of protests. This is SRN News. AM860, The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Dunedin. By downloading The Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare Clinic, offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. It'll be hot with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll have a thunderstorm around in the afternoon. The high will be 95. Tonight, moonlit skies and a low 81. Tomorrow, blend of sun and clouds with a thunderstorm in spots. The high will be 94. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy and humid with a low 81. 
And on Tuesday, humid with clouds and sun. With a couple of thunderstorms in the afternoon, the will be 94. That's your Accurate the Forecast. I'm Garrett Beck for AM 860, The Answer. And back, I'm Dr. Bill, and uh, we just had a, a couple of winners. We're going to give away not two mugs today, but four, because we had two people who actually knew the answer. First is Thomas Wigan, who got both names correct, and I think Tom's on the phone. Tom, give us the answer there, buddy. Uh, it was uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. That's right. That's right. And Adams and Jefferson were political enemies in the 1790s and early 1800s. Uh, Adams was the uh, Federalist conservative. He believed in a strong central government. And Jefferson was a state's rightist back then. And uh, Adams was an abolitionist. And Jefferson believed in slavery. Of course, all that changed once Jefferson got into office. Uh, he became more of a Federalist and uh, uh, quietly was for the abolition of slavery and some other things. But actually, Jefferson fought our first foreign war, declared. He fought it against the barbaric pirates in North Africa, the Muslim pirates who were pirating our commercial ships and not only ours, but others. But so they both died on the 4th of July, 1826, uh, exactly 50 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Thanks, Tom. We appreciate you and we love you. Do you know there was a, do you know there was a third one that died on July 4th? Not the same year. Who was James that? Monroe. James Monroe. Wow. 1831. July he was 4th. our fifth president. Yes. Yep. Yep. All right. Very good. We'll send you those mugs. And we had a second winner, uh, Joe. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Joe, who was our, our second winner today? Oh, Okay. All right, well, we got a second winner, and whoever it is, we're going to send that out to you. And while we're waiting on that from Joe, we'll uh, continue on with the show. Now, as you know, this week was a big week at the Supreme Court, and everybody knows that uh, President Joe Biden uh, instituted this uh, loan forgiveness for college students right before the election uh, when he was running last time. And guess what? He won. <laughs> he got all the young people to vote for him. Smart man. Of course, this is not constitutional. He doesn't have the power of the purse. That's Congress. And so the Supreme Court struck down his uh, his decree, his presidential mandate that the loans be forgiven. And uh, that would have cost us four to five hundred billion dollars in the short term and God knows how much in the long term. And uh, the the court said that the power uh, of the purse is with the Congress, according to the Constitution. And it is. And uh, Justice Roberts, who wrote the majority opinion, he even quoted Nancy Pelosi. And he uh, said, uh, as Nancy Pelosi said, that people think the president has the power to uh, forgive debt. He does not. The power to delay it in an emergency, like during the COVID crisis, is that. He can postpone it. He can delay but uh, he does not have the power to forgive debt that is tied to the federal budget and to money that's coming from the federal government. That's Congress's job. So he struck that. they struck that down, and Joe, of course, is upset about that. 
and he's upset about affirmative action, and he's upset about the uh, the woman out in Colorado who uh, claimed that she had the right to self-expression and her beliefs, and that she didn't have to uh, write something for a, a gay couple who were getting married that she didn't believe in. So it was a bad week for Joe and for the left. That's right. You know how I always like to compel people to uh, to to uh, uh, compel their speech. I'm, that's a big thing with me. Yeah, and you know you cannot force me to say something that I don't want to say. Well, I mean, you could bribe me, and of course, I can be, <laughs> I can be bought, Joe. I mean, I, you know, I'll lie for for love and money, but uh, not for anything else. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> you have standards. I have standards, and they're high. You know, I, I will not lie in my medical practice. I will, I will not uh, uh, show any uh, favoritism towards one person or another, uh, but. Uh, if there's uh, sex, drugs, or rock and roll involved, I may. I may just have to lie to you. All right, so you remember Trump? You remember that guy that was president? I'm familiar. Yeah, he had a big rally in South Carolina. He took over some little town of 3,000, uh, and uh, he had, they estimated, up to 50,000 people show up for that rally. And the uh, little town is, uh, what's the name of that little town? I can't even remember. But and unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. He got 50,000 people to show up for a rally. Can you believe that? That's, that's, that's football game uh, quantity. Anybody who thinks he's not a force better think twice. And that's not saying that uh, I prefer him over DeSantis. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's going to be the nominee unless something drastic happens over the next uh, uh, year, year and a half. And I don't think they're going to get anywhere with this uh, latest charges against him, criminal charges of uh, espionage and all that. <laughs> Give me a break. He's talking about uh, plans to invade Iran with, with people on a bus or a plane. That's, I mean, that's piddly stuff. He can talk about whatever he wants. He's the president. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't tell the president that he can't talk about something, even if it's classified, because once he talks about it, guess what? It ain't classified anymore. Right. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. But uh, this hatred of, of, of Trump and of that uh, group of people that have supported him, the uh, basket of deplorables, the MAGAs, whatever they call them. And, you know, I fall into that. As you know, I was a big Trump supporter. And as you'll remember back in uh, 15 and 16, uh, you even said I helped get him elected. Remember? We carried uh, Pinellas County, which was the first time Pinellas County had gone Republican in a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a big year. That was a big surprising year. And uh, he, he barnstormed. You know, that the, the Florida, not, you're talking about the general election, but the Florida primary of that cycle was really the turning point. Um, and that if you go back to kind of that whole the way that that whole primary season set up once he took Florida, because if you remember, Florida was supposed to be a contest between Jeb and Marco. Like that was it. There was no it, that it was going to be between Jeb or Marco and Trump just upended that that entire thing. And when that happened, it was, you know, there was really no chance for anybody else. Yep. Yep. And uh, the the problem is, is that. Uh, whether you agree or disagree, you can't ignore the the power that this man has. I mean, he 
And for those who have never seen him live, I mean, I've been, uh, remember we went to the, uh, what was it, in 18, we went out there, Joe, to the uh, rally that Trump had for DeSantis when he was running for governor. That remember sounds that? about right. You and, uh, you and the captain and Roger were out there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were in the press area and they had all these Secret Service guys surrounding us and uh, it was kind of fun. And of course, you could walk out and go to the, to the, uh, the, the, concession stand without any without anybody guarding you and get a get a drink but still you felt like you were something special at any rate we heard him live then the guy is funny i mean he is funny the press always censors and edits everything that he says but when you see him in person he's just a he's a hell of a showman yeah the rallies are like comedy shows they really are they really are and so uh now we've got uh uh DeSantis trying to chip away at at his lead, and he's not making much headway. Although I think DeSantis is a great guy. I think what he's done for the state is unbelievable. And uh, I agree with him on everything, including his opposition to the woke movement. And I'm glad that he's standing up and saying something. That's just my opinion, though. I think he's been a fabulous governor. I mean, for the most part. I mean, nobody's perfect. It's like I say all the time, if I want to vote for somebody that I agree with on 100% of everything, then I need to run for office, and I'm not planning on doing that. So there's always, you know, a concession that you have to make with anybody. But he's been strong, you know. I mean, it, it, the, the response to uh, Hurricane Ian, like, I mean, it could not have been more more textbook in terms of uh, oh, the, the I mean, we, had, we were rebuilding bridges the next day. I mean, the guy, the guy has been solid. He's on it. He's right on ball. And uh, our state budget is in the black. How many states can say that? How, how, the big states, how many states can say that? What, Texas and, and Florida? Uh, you know, New York and California are underwater. Mm-hmm. Illinois is underwater. And uh, so we, we've stayed within our budget. And by the way, uh, the state has passed a couple of laws in the past few weeks uh, that limits the amount of, of uh, free freebies that uh, illegal immigrants can get, including health care and, uh, you know, uh, benefits such as, as money. It also imposes crimes and uh, on harsher punishment on people who illegally sneak people into the state who are not legal immigrants, who are not legally here. So uh, the state's toughening up. And of course, the left wing's all upset and they're saying our liberties are being encroached upon. Why? Because you can't sneak people in that don't belong here. I mean, what what if you were having a, a, a concert and the tickets were, you know, 25 bucks and all of a sudden you decided that some poor bum on the street had the right to come into the concert for free and you snuck him in and you got caught? What would they do? They'd throw your butt out, Joe. They'd throw you out. Come on. This is this is ridiculous. We're, we're not a... You know, people think that we're we're a giveaway. We're not. This is not a candy store. You can't come in here and just grab what you want and run. I mean, for God's sakes, we are uh, a functioning democracy. We're a country. We have individual states. We have jurisdictions. They have laws. And if we don't follow those laws, we have nothing. Well, you without, lose you lose things, right? I mean, without so, rule of law, you have nothing, Joe. Take a look at what's happening right now in Chicago, for example. Where, oh, yeah. where you have Walmart deciding basically after 17 years of not being able to make a profit there, they're like, hey, we're leaving. And you have people complaining about it, but honestly, what do you expect to have happen? So yeah. if you if you live in sort of a, a, a state of lawlessness, which is what they're dealing with there, then you, 
what you get. Right. When, what, what you get is less options. You get less opportunity. You get less. In this case, you have fewer places where you can go get, you know, basic household amenities and whatever whatever it is that you get, you know, from Walmart, which is, a you know, an enormous um, inventory of things. Well, now and, and there's you, you, you're seeing a trend of this in a lot of areas, a lot of places where they don't really have merchandise in their stores anymore because people are just they, they don't. They're not recognizing that theft is a, a law, and then the the various places where this is happening, they're not necessarily prosecuting these people, or they're they're letting them out. So it's like there's no if there's no penalty from a legal standpoint from this sort of lawlessness. Well, then they're right. Well, and it, well, but there ends up being another type of penalty, which is. You don't have stores anymore. You've got you got you places. Don't have services. Yeah, you don't have like have goods exactly, and so you end up having to do everything through some sort of delivery service. And there's one instance where CVS had, it got broken into so many times. They're like, we're not we're not even going to put anything back on the shelves anymore. We're just going to have kiosks. So when you walk in there, you can order stuff and have it delivered. But they don't have any merchandise because why would you? And so you there's know, I was thinking about this for the office was putting in uh, a little vending machine for Viagra. So you could go in and just buy Viagra whenever you wanted. What do you th- think? I mean, the, 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 it would depend. <laughs> it would depend on how much uh, demand there is for that particular, <laughs> you know, product and service. And I, I couldn't speak to that. But I, but <laughs> but hey, if there were people that you know had the need for that, and they were, you know, it, they they were frequenting your office space enough that it made it worth your while, then have at it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. And here's the problem when you when you have a collapse of an infrastructure, uh, whether it is retail sales or uh, police services or whatever, then the people that can get up and go will leave. So then there's even less people who are available to utilize the services, to buy the goods, to make the demands of the police uh, taking care of their neighborhood. And the police are less likely to want to go in there, the firemen and the EMS, because they might get shot. Yep. They might get beat up, and we've seen this happen. And, uh, you know, so it's a vicious cycle. It, uh, one one thing leads to another, and it leads back to the other one, and it just goes round and round. And this is what we're seeing in some parts of big cities, and that's that's too bad. Uh, but uh, this kind of insanity, it seems to come and go in our country, and hopefully the, the locals will figure it out and vote out some of these left-wing loonies, and uh, we'll get back to some sanity. Meanwhile, the White House reports signals openness to manipulating sunlight to prevent climate change. So they're looking at some way of globally blocking the sunlight coming onto the planet. So I don't know what they're going to do. I guess they're going to put, they're going to uh, hire, what is the uh, sunshade company? Uh, the the awning. <laughs> they're going to put it out in space. I don't know. Congressionally mandated report on solar radiation modification. And uh, apparently this came out of, uh, the Congress that they demanded this to be looked into, and uh, so I guess the White House has been looking into it, and they've got a team of uh, of experts who are trying to figure out how can we block out some of the uh, sunlight coming into the planet, cut down on the heat gain. Well, that, well, ought, that, that ought to inspire some confidence. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure it can be done, but not with our current technology. You know, it's going to take some, some really dramatic changes in our technology to... Uh, to be able to do that. Solar radiation modification, SRM. So we've got another acronym, everybody, SRM, solar radiation modification. And uh, the greenhouse gas emissions, 
you know, I don't know how you're going to slow this down because uh, there's just no way that you're going to have uh, enough check on on uh, fossil fuel for now because people got to have electricity, they got to have heating, they've got to have uh, uh, services, they've got to have delivery trucks, and uh, there's just a whole host of things that we have to have that are dependent upon fossil fuel. Because why? Because fossil fuel generates energy, it generates electricity, and that's what we live off of. And uh, I don't know what uh, what we're going to do in the interim, and you're not going to be able to create enough, as I've said before, with solar and, and wind. There's just no way. The only thing that we can really do is to go back to hydroelectric and nuclear to uh, create clean clean energy, but the country doesn't want that right now. There's too many left-wing loonies who are yelling about uh, the uh, the little green frogs over there on on the uh, Green River that will be de destroyed or their habitat killed if we dam that up and put a hydroelectric plant there. And of course, everybody's scared to death of uh, nuclear energy, which is actually the safest and the least polluting and the easiest to dispose of. I mean, it's just so damn easy. There's just, you don't use that much. It's just a very small amount of material. You encase it in glass and you drill down into bedrock and bury it there. You say, well, what about 2,000 years from now when people start digging into the bedrock? Well, you know, by then, if they are capable of getting into the bedrock that easily, then I'm sure they'll have some equipment that they can detect if there's something that's harmful to them there. But, you know, the number of people that have died in, in uh, nuclear accidents is minuscule. You know, 54 at, at Chernobyl and uh, over in Japan uh, it was just a few people that were killed when the tsunami wiped out the plant over there. So it's, it's just a bunch of hysteria, nonsense. So we're getting close to the end of the show here, Joe, and I've, I've had a good time today. I don't know about you. It's been fun. I always uh, have a good time with you. Yeah, we always enjoy each other. And oh, by the way, in Korea now, uh, they used to count you as being one year old when you were born. So your first year in the womb, they counted as a year. So you were already a year old when you were born. So your first birthday was was uh, was uh, was the day you were born. Well, they're changing that now. The laws are changing there. And uh, so everybody who's Korean, uh, you're going to get uh, a little bit younger because now your age is going to be decreased by one or two years depending on how long you were gestating. So for those of you from Korea, there you go. Now, as you know, this is the holiday weekend. I wanna wish everybody a happy 4th of July. Be safe out there. No drinking and driving. Um, if you have fireworks, make sure you're handling them properly and uh, wear your sunscreen, wear your bug repellent so you don't get malaria. I don't think you will, but you know, that's a big scare. And remember, we have a full service clinic at our office, Joe, and we're at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. We're at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, Florida. We have in-office services. We've got a full service office, pretty well equipped. You've been there, you know. We also have uh, telemedicine. And I'm, I'm thinking about going from Doxy uh, to Zoom and uh, using that as my telemedicine platform. Zoom's cheaper and it looks a lot easier. And so that's what I'm going to do. 
And again, to recap today, or not today, but July 4th is the day that uh, both uh, Adams and Jefferson, our second and third president, died at the same time, same day, 50 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence or the day that it was declared signed. And a uh, great day in history for us and for the world, for the world, Joe. It's a great day for the world. It's something to be celebrated. We should never underestimate who we are and what we have accomplished and what we have brought to the world, American-style democracy, and we need to protect that. Love you guys. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, and I will see you next week. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.